Gabriella's Shoes, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. As for a man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field, the wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Psalm 103, verse 13 through 16. Gabriella's story will have you reaching for a tissue as we learn about the preciousness of life and a father's love. Gabriella's Shoes, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. A little girl's bedroom is a rare and magic place. When the world is big and scary, here it's warm and snug and safe. No ugly, frightening monsters ever penetrate these walls, just teddy bears and puppets and stuffed animals and dolls. Some days this is a castle or a house up in the trees. It's where all the bedroom tenants are served sandwiches and teas. It's a large and spacious ballroom for a formal dance or prom, or a cozy little kitchen, perfect for a pint-sized mom. And when imagination's resting, when this room is just a room, it holds the pieces of her life, safe as a baby in the womb. For all her special things, seems each one has a special place, on a shelf or in a shoebox, tied with ribbon wrapped in lace. A ballerina music box atop a chest of drawers. On the windowsill are seashells that she picked up on the shore. On the wall you'll find her artwork. She likes to draw when she is sad. Next to a pinboard full of photos from her last visit with her dad. But of all the rare possessions that are special to this girl, there is something here most treasured, more than any in the world. For deep within her closet, neath a quilt of red and blues, behind her skates and backpack, are Gabriella's shoes. They were a present for her birthday, wrapped in pink, a bow to match. They lie in the box they came in, bits of pink paper still attached. Her father bought them for her. He hadn't wrapped them, how'd she know? Well, he could never cut the paper right and was hopeless with a bow. She'd seen her mother do the wrapping, seen her look of keen vexation, for she knew quite well her husband would not attend the celebration. Her mother made her worry. She seemed sad right to her core. Her face held lines and creases never carried there before. Though she tried with all her might, it was too much for her to fix. There's only so much you can do when you're just a girl of six. So each night she'd say her prayers, close her eyes, and just believe, and remember all the days before her father had to leave. There were picnics at the ocean, what happy times they'd had, when she arranged her gathered seashells and spelled, I love you, for her dad. They'd wrestle on the carpet where he'd tickle and he'd hug her, or they'd go to baseball games, those days he always called her slugger, and gathered on his lap in his chair so soft and deep he'd tell her tales of kings and princes till she'd finally fall asleep. Those were magic, happy times, all any girl could ever wish. Then came the day the telephone rang, and her mother cried and dropped a dish. Later that same evening, her parents, hand in hand, 
had a tearful conversation she could scarcely understand. Later on, after a story, her father carried her to bed. He seemed to hold her extra tightly against his neck. She laid her head. When they came into her room, he gently set her on the floor. Then he smiled and did the thing he'd done a hundred times before. He reached over to the dresser, opened up the music box, and she giggled as they danced there with her feet atop his socks. As the days passed into weeks, he spent more hours in his chair. When she hugged him, he felt thin, and he began to lose his hair. Storytime was different with the tales now told by Mom, her dad under a blanket in an effort to keep warm. Until one day a sitter came, their teenage neighbor Joan. Her parents left, were gone for hours, then Mom came home alone. Daddy's sleeping over, and the two sat down together while the doctors try to help him and make him feel all better. We can go and visit tomorrow or the day after. He really needs his little girl to bring her smile and bring her laughter. A kiss goodnight, then to her room, but in the hall she paused to look and saw her mother bow her head as her shoulders drooped and shook. An aching heart consumed her as the sun does to a vapor, so she colored pictures in her room as her teardrops stained the paper. Her visits with her father were always bittersweet. She couldn't wait to see him, and his hugs were such a treat. But the place he stayed was scary, with machines and tubes and lights, strange sounds and people bustling and everyone in white. But each time before she left him, they'd do something she adored. Her mom would take a photo for her to pin up on her board. Then she would pray for Daddy while her mother held her tight, and they'd each give him a kiss as they'd head home into the night. Remember back when you were small, a birthday is near to heaven, and quite a monumental thing to go from six to seven. For Gabrielle, it was hard to anticipate tomorrow. Though her mother tried her very best, each smile was tinged with sorrow. That afternoon, there was no visit, nor would there ever be again. They both sat back in her father's chair and in silence thought of him. They sat until the clock struck twelve, the night black as a starling. Her mother softly whispered, Happy birthday, my sweet darling. As Gabriella rubbed her eyes from the chair her mom detached and returned holding a present, wrapped in pink, a bow that matched. This gift is from your daddy. He did all that he could do. He fought so hard for both of us, and his last thoughts were filled with you. He wanted you to have this. Her voice broke the slightest bit. Your daddy truly loved you. Go ahead and open it. With care, she tore the paper, set the bow beside the chair. Then soon the box was opened, and all she could do was stare. Inside were shoes so beautiful for a princess or a queen as white as newly fallen snow, with stones that shone and gleamed. But then she noticed something that tempered the surprise. These shoes were not a little girl's, they were more her mother's size. She held the box in puzzlement. Now, why would Daddy get me such beautiful, exquisite shoes that clearly do not fit me? Then searching further in the box, so carefully and hard, there underneath the shoes she found a happy birthday card. 
She removed it from the envelope. The words were so inviting. And here is what was written there in her dad's distinctive writing. My darling little Gabby, how I wish I could be there to tell you happy birthday, give you hugs, and smell your hair. I pray my words stay with you like a deep and glowing ember. And know I'm never really gone if you simply just remember. Each time you see a seashell, take a walk along the shore, take in a game of baseball, hear the crowd stand up and roar, and when you're sitting quietly and coloring your art, just look up and I'll be there if you're looking with your heart. This brings me to your present, and I'm sure you're wondering why. The shoes, the gift I've given, you can't wear till time goes by. Someday you'll meet somebody, and you'll love like Mom and I. You'll never want to let him go, and he'll take you as his bride. These shoes are for your wedding, and before the music's through, just close your eyes and think of me, and I'll be there to dance with you. As she finished reading these treasured words from Dad, Mom sat down beside her with a face more proud than sad and cuddled there together in the chair so soft and deep the card slipped from her fingers as they both fell fast asleep. For none of us can really know the time that will be granted. In the end, all that endures are all the seeds of love we planted. Life's souvenirs are memories. Store up the ones you choose and know they wait to dance with you like Gabriella's shoes. I love to poke around secondhand stores and estate sales. It's like a treasure hunt, and you never know what you will come across. But in these trips, I'm always struck by the thought that all of these items were once someone's possessions. This gets especially poignant when you find collections, a gathering of specific items that someone may have spent a lifetime putting together. At one time, they meant something special to that individual, and now here they are at Goodwill on sale for 99 cents. It makes me ask myself, what am I leaving behind? And I think the only meaningful answer to that question is the investment of love I make in those who God has entrusted to me. There's a great song by Tim McGraw called Live Like You Were Dying, meaning live as if you know your time here is not infinite and focus on the things that are really important. Let's live intentionally and fully and be willing to give life away to those who need it. Let's make that our legacy. Our legacy. 